Have you ever heard a comment like this? I can't wait to lose my two front teeth. That's all I want for Christmas. I can't wait to get my driver's license. I can't wait to graduate. I can't wait to get a job. Maybe not. I, I can't wait to get married. I can't wait to have kids. I can't wait to have an empty nest. I can't wait for grandkids. I can't wait for retirement. Have you ever heard or thought those kinds of things? Life is a lot of waiting. And here we are celebrating Advent, the first coming of Jesus Christ, Christmas Day. And that was a day for which many people over a long period of time waited. And now we celebrate that day. But in celebrating the advent of Jesus Christ, we are also waiting for the second advent of Christ, his return. And so even when we celebrate Advent, we are also celebrating a wait for the return of Christ. Each week as we've talked about Advent through looking at some stories in the Scripture, we've been reminded of people waiting. Jairus waiting for his daughter to be healed. The woman who was sick for years, waiting for anybody to figure out what's wrong with her. They were waiting for peace in the chaos. The paralytic and his four friends bringing the paralytic to Jesus. The the paralyzed man was waiting for the day he would be able to walk. They were waiting for joy in the journey. The demon-possessed man whose life had been completely wrecked by the enemy, was waiting for deliverance. He was waiting for hope in the broken. There's a lot of waiting in this life. And there's something very significant about the waiting. And so I want to tell you another story out of the Scripture. We're going to be looking at a story in John chapter 11. John chapter 11. It's a story of three siblings, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They're friends of Jesus, and they're in big trouble because Lazarus is very sick. Now, before we get into the story very far, I want to point out an important point of how the story develops. Look at John chapter 11 and verse 2. When you look at verse 2, you're going to see some additional information given about Mary. Mary is the one who anointed Jesus Christ for his burial. Now that doesn't happen until John chapter 12. But here in John chapter 11, at the beginning of the story of Lazarus being ill, we're told this piece of information about Mary. It's like a flash forward. Ever been watching a movie? And you're watching a scene and all of a sudden that scene stops and it flashes forward to something's going to happen in the future. And that something that's going to happen in the future is important for how you see the current event unfolding in the scene. That's what's happening right here in John 11. You have a flash forward to Mary anointing Jesus for his burial so that when you hear the story of Lazarus, you have in mind Jesus' death. That's a critical component of how we are to hear this story. 
So don't forget Jesus' death when you hear Lazarus' story. So Mary and Martha, they send a message to Jesus. Lazarus, the one you love, is sick. Mary and Martha want Jesus to come. They know that Jesus can take care of Lazarus' sickness, that he can heal him. And so they've issued this invitation for him to come. And upon receiving the message, Jesus responds to his disciples and says to them, This will not end in death, but the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. If you're one of the disciples, you've got to hear that and think, hey, everything's going to be all right, no big deal. Now, Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He loved them. And so when he got the message that Lazarus was sick and they were in desperate need for him, he stayed where he was for two more days. Does that sound like what you'd expect to read when you understand Jesus loves these three siblings? No, you'd expect to hear Jesus got the message, he loved them, and he left immediately. But it says that he stayed two more days. What you cannot do is mistake that Jesus stayed two more days as a message that he didn't really care about them. No, the story is clear. He loves them and he stays two more days. He is acting in a way that will demonstrate the greatest message of love. Even though in the moment, the disciples are probably wondering. It's really interesting that two days later, Jesus out of nowhere says to the disciples, hey, we need to go back to Judea. And they react to that really objecting to what Jesus says. And they say to Jesus, do you remember that just a few days ago we were there and they almost killed you? They tried to stone you? Are you kidding? Why would we go back there? And then Jesus says something so instructive to the disciples. Look at verse 9 in chapter 11. Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble. Because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. I can imagine in that moment the disciples looking at each other going, what's he talking about? Jesus is just reminding them, hey guys, if you're with me, you don't have anything to worry about at all. Jesus says to the disciples, Lazarus has fallen asleep, and I'm going there to wake him up. That's a little even more confusing for the disciples. They say, if he's asleep, that sounds like that's a good thing. He's going to get well. In other words, why are we going? He's going to get well. Jesus says to the disciples what they did not expect to hear. Lazarus is dead. Let's go. I'm really glad that I wasn't there so that you believe in me. See, Jesus wanted the disciples to believe in him. And so this is what had to happen. Disciples were likely confused at that moment. Think about what they're thinking about right now. 
Jesus, two days earlier, you told us this would not end in death. Now Lazarus is dead. You want to go back to where we almost got killed. What's going on? And Thomas actually speaks representatively of the disciples when he says, All right, let's go and let's die with him. It feels like an impossible moment. Meanwhile, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they've been waiting. They've been waiting for Jesus to get there. And as they've waited for Jesus to come and heal Lazarus, Lazarus has slipped away more and more. So at the end of the second day, Lazarus dies. And for four days, Mary and Martha are reminded that the very thing they were waiting for is no longer possible. Lazarus is dead. Jesus was too late. And Lazarus is not coming back. Jesus arrives at the place close to where Lazarus was buried. Four days later. When Jesus arrives, where he is in, proxi is in proximity to Jerusalem. And that means that a lot of people have come out of Jerusalem to support Mary and Martha in their time of mourning. Well, Martha hears that Jesus has arrived and Martha gets up and goes out to where Jesus is. And the first words out of Martha's mouth are, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not be dead. Can you, can you feel the emotion? If you'd been here, this wouldn't have happened. But Martha is not giving up hope. She says to the Lord, she goes, I know that if you ask God, he's going to hear you and he's going to give you exactly what you've asked for. So, Mary, so Martha believes in Jesus. She believes that he can do something right now. Maybe, maybe what she had in mind was Jesus asking for an extra degree of comfort for the family. We don't know exactly what Martha had in mind when she said, you can ask and God will give it. But we do know this, she did not have in mind what Jesus had in mind. And so Jesus says to her, Lazarus will rise again. And Martha says, I believe that he will rise again in the last day at the resurrection. And then Jesus says the most profound words in this story. Verses 25 and 26. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And then he says to Martha, do you believe this? Martha says, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, He who is coming into the world. I believe. And certainly Martha believed there was nobody like Jesus. But Martha had no idea the glory Jesus had in store for this impossible moment. 
So Martha goes back and tells Mary, the teacher's asking for you. Mary gets up abruptly, so abruptly that everybody there mourning with her notices she's taken off and they follow her. So you get this caravan of people moving out to the area where Lazarus was buried. And, and Mary, when she sees Jesus, she comes up, tears coming down her face. And the first words out of her mouth are, if you had been here, my brother would not be you'd been here this wouldn't have happened Jesus sees Mary weeping he sees the people there with her mourning and weeping along with her and he is unsettled in his spirit he is in angst in his heart and he is deeply moved because of what's happening here think about what's happening death is wreaking havoc on the ones he loves. Everyone that he wants to believe in him is looking at him in confusion, totally misunderstanding who he is. Death is prevailing right in the face of Christ, and in his angst he says, I want to go to where Lazarus is buried. And they take him right there to the entrance of the tomb. When he arrives at the tomb, his emotions continue to overflow and he is weeping. The Jews that are gathered there, they see Jesus' emotions and some of them say, look at how much he loved Lazarus. Others look at Jesus and they say, he who healed the blind eyes, could he not have kept this man from dying? If only he'd been here, couldn't he have done something about it? At this point, Jesus again moved with angst in his soul, has had enough of this confusion and unbelief. And right there in that moment, he says these words, remove the stone. Don't you know that those words just reverberated off the rock walls of that cave and echoed into a silence that was heavy as death itself? It was Martha who objected. Martha. She said, Lord, Lazarus has already decayed. He's four days Past impossible. Jesus looks to Martha and says, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? I can just imagine Martha in that moment giving the nod. And somebody gathered around and rolled that stone away. The stone is rolled away, the tomb entrance is wide open, and Jesus stands there in front of that tomb entrance, and he raises his eyes to heaven, and he says, Father, I am so grateful you have heard me. I knew that you would hear me. You always hear me, but I'm praying this so that everyone here will believe you sent me. Jesus wants everyone to believe in him. And after Jesus' prayer he lowers his eyes and he looks right into that tomb and he screams out, Lazarus, come out. Can you hear it? 
Can you hear that scream out of Jesus' mouth? Lazarus, come out! And then that dead man walks right out of that tomb in his grave clothes. And Jesus says, loose him and let him go. The end. That's it. I get to the end of that story and I think to myself, wait a minute, I want to interview Lazarus. I'd like to hear if he saw light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, this is like best-selling book material. This is hit movie stuff. And I want to talk to Lazarus. I want to hear more about what's happening. I want to see how this unfolds, how the people go crazy, how they're celebrating, how they unwrap him from the clothes. And he begins jumping around during the 12 days of Christmas. I want to see what happens. But, but that's where the story ends. And, and the story ends right there. So that we would recognize that the most important thing we could ever know about this story has already been revealed. Everyone is going to die. And everyone wants to know there's life after death. And Jesus proves He is the resurrection and the life. So if you want to know what it was like to be Lazarus in that moment, you want to ask him about that? In fact, if you want to ask any question related to the impossible circumstances of life, if you want to have life after you die, then waiting on Jesus is your answer because... Jesus is the resurrection and the life. You know, sometimes, sometimes impossible circumstances are the very circumstances through which Jesus Christ does the impossible. And he does it so that we believe in him and keep on waiting for him. Believing that he's worth the wait. Have, have, you ever, have you ever found yourself in an impossible circumstance? Over the last year, our family has found ourselves in imp- several impossible circumstances. Circumstances where we ask the question, why is this happening to us? What is going on? What good is going to come out of this? Lord, if you would just show up right now, things would change. Circumstances where you feel like, this is the moment I need the goodness of God the most, and I can't find it. Circumstances where you feel like, Jesus you're too late. You ever been there? We, we all have. Because we all find ourselves at times in this life in impossible circumstances. The wonder of Jesus' love is that even in the impossible circumstances we face, He loves us. And sometimes, 
He chooses the impossible circumstances of our lives to do the impossible so that by getting a glimpse of who he is in impossible circumstances, we might be encouraged to believe in him and keep hanging on and waiting on him no matter what. I can look back on my life and I can see in hindsight some of those impossible, seemingly impossible circumstances, can't you? You can see at times where God did something impossible and it like changed the way you think about him. Think about how Mary and Martha and Lazarus thought about waiting on Jesus after Lazarus came out of that grave. I can guarantee you this, they never thought about waiting on Jesus the same. They believed he was worth the wait. And there are times along the way in our impossible moments where he does the impossible and he reminds us, I am worth the wait. I'm worth the wait. Keep waiting on me. I'm the resurrection and the life. You you remember our flash forward? When we hear this story, we're to hear it with Jesus' death in mind. The real ending of the story like the real ending of this story is in John 11. And it's this last scene that starts in verse 45. Some of the Jews that were there that saw Jesus do this, some of them believed in Jesus. But some of those Jews went back to the Pharisees in Jerusalem and told the Pharisees what had happened. And the Pharisees, the leaders of the Jewish community that gathered all the Sanhedrin, the ruling court of the day among the Jews, and they all got together and began having a conversation about Jesus. And they said, if Jesus keeps doing these impossible things, everybody here is going to believe in him. We're going to have a revolt on our hands. The Romans are going to come in and they're going to crush us and they're going to strip us of all of our power and authority. And the high priest said, I think you guys are overlooking something. One man could die so that the nation doesn't have to. The high priest unknowingly prophesies that Jesus Christ is going to die so that nobody else ever has to. Now think about this. Lazarus died so that everybody there on that day who saw Jesus bring him out of the grave would believe in Jesus And nobody else there on that day would have to die. Lazarus was a picture of one man dying so that nobody else would have to die. But he was just a picture pointing towards something far more significant. The death of Jesus. The real one man who died for everyone. So that if we place our faith in him, we will not die. We will move from this life to the next. So this side of heaven, we're waiting. And oftentimes as we wait, we find ourselves in an impossible moment. And sometimes the Lazarus in our life, that impossible moment, doesn't come back from the dead. And we're left with a sense of, I'm still waiting. You you know why we need to keep Jesus' death in mind when we read this story? It's because every time that Jesus Christ 
does not do the impossible we want in our impossible moment. He doesn't want us to miss his love. He's still demonstrating his love to us in that impossible moment that doesn't work out like we want to because Jesus Christ has already demonstrated the greatest impossible moment of all. He died for our sins and he rose again from the dead so that if I will trust in him, I will not die. No matter how many impossible moments I pass through, if I wait on Jesus Christ, there's going to come a day where he is going to come again and he's going to move me out of death into life forever and my waiting will be over. We always have a reason to wait on Jesus, and he will always be worth the wait. We're two days from Christmas. Did you realize that? And, and for 363 days, we've been waiting on Christmas. And I suspect that the next two days is going to look like you're waiting in a very busy way. You're going to be cooking. You're going to be gathering family. You're going to be having all kinds of activities. You're going to be opening gifts. You're going to be doing all kinds of things. Your waiting for Christmas Day is going to be super busy. And it's gotten increasingly busy as we've gotten closer to Christmas Day. We all know what that's like, waiting in the busyness. Because Christmas is upon us. And then Christmas Day will come and go and we will be waiting again. The closer we get, the busier we'll get because of waiting for Christmas Day. Please, please keep waiting for Jesus, but wait for him like he's coming back tomorrow. Because if you wait for him like that, your waiting's going to be really busy seeking after him. Your 2019 is going to be characterized by opening the scripture day after day and seeking him by creating patterns of prayer in your life and confession of your sin and repentance from your sin. You're going to be demonstrating a new life in Christ because you are busy waiting for Jesus and you believe that he is worth the wait because he is the resurrection and the life and there is nobody like Jesus. Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Isaiah 64, 4. No eye has seen, no ear has perceived a God like you who acts on behalf of those who wait on him. Wait on Jesus. He is worth the wait, and you will not be disappointed. Amen.